Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Then Dr. Rowe. Dr. Rowe, it's yours. Thank you so much, Nate. I miss everyone so much, especially in the afternoons. And what an invaluable lesson that Christopher just shared. And I'm just honored to be here. And Christopher, if you want to stay a little bit and join in on the existing panel I um, am interviewing, I'm just filling in today. I would love to have you um, do that. So feel free to, to chime in as we talk about this subject. And thank you again, Nate. Miss all of you, Kelsey and Alexander and all my people. We miss you too. Yes, Auntie Anita, Ashley, just love all of you. Thank you so much. Um, So today, all of you are in Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Club, and it is Wealth and Health Wednesday. And if you don't know yet, we start at 5 a.m. in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, and go all the way until 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So Please tell all of your friends to join this club because if you haven't yet, you are missing out. And today I want to talk about just four ways to bounce back from financial mistakes and create a healthy path. And when I say that, I'm talking from experience, not just as a business professor specializing in marketing, finance, and management, but someone who made a ton of mistakes. I like to liken it to if you've ever heard that story about the uh, Israelites being in the wilderness for 40 years. Well, I was like that a little bit. I'm 50 years old now, but I remember when I was young, my father would say, look, don't live like caviar on a hot dog budget. So I eventually created my own book and it's a journal with that same name that would help young people not get into debt, especially before they even got out of high school. So some of the dumb mistakes I'd make was run out of gas after getting paid with my first paycheck. I'd take that check and buy like the nicest clothes, $100 suits, and I was only 16 years old. I mean, just 
not the wisest decisions to make with money, but I didn't know. And I was trying to keep up with every person. I call it in my book, the eye disease. I want this and I want that. And that is something we see today in everyday life. As I move forward in life from a teenager into uh, being a mom, a wife, a bonus mom, I have gotten better, but there's still mistakes I make. And so I look back at my own mistakes, mistakes of my clients, mistakes of my students, and I know that it's so important to be healthy in all of our decisions, especially our finances. So with that, I have asked some wonderful people to come on board to be on a panel today to talk to you about this same subject and share how they have risen above the mistakes that they have made. And in between that time, I'll be sharing my four tips, but I'd like to get them involved right away. And then I'd love to have Christopher involved. And uh, Nate, you had somebody else here that didn't have the chance to speak, but they can join in. And I see a couple of other experts in finance on here. Uh, Mr. David Spisak and uh, Eliza as well, if you guys want to jump in. Ramon, a lot of you have um, been in this journey, even Kimberly. And so if you wish to join in, please do so. But my featured panelist right now that's on the stage, and we have one other that will join us about 1.30, is Miss Tracy. I'm sure that you guys see her in the beautiful red jacket. Miss Tracy is a financial guru. She helps women to increase their retirement nest egg and have their own financial freedom, which is hard for people to do sometimes. Tracy, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with us this afternoon. How are you? I'm doing outstanding, beautiful Dr. Rowe and Breakfast with Champions. How are you today? I am absolutely fabulous, and I thank you right off the top. You heard some of my dumb mistakes I've made, so I'd love to ask you, what are some of the financial mistakes you or your clients made, and how have you helped them to overcome that over the years? Well, you know what? I'm just going to start with myself, Dr. Rowe. I'm going to start because with myself because when I went off to college, Credit card companies bombarded my college campus. It seemed like every other week there were credit card companies that set up shop on my college campus and they were offering credit cards to students. And I thought, why in the world would they be offering credit cards to students who have no jobs? But silly me, I took them up on the credit card offers and I got into so much debt. Because here I am thinking, I have all this free money, you know, that I can use and charge and, you know, just let my parents pay for it. So I got into a lot of credit card debt at a very young age as a college student. I don't think that college, I don't think that credit card companies are doing that today. They don't go on college campus and offer, you know, free credit cards today. But that's something they did when I was in school. And a lot of students ended up getting into a tremendous amount of credit card debt. So I had to pull myself up. 
I actually had to end up getting a job so that I could help pay, pay some of that debt. Um, but that was something that I learned from because that experience taught me not to bite off more than I can chew. And I see, of a, lot, I see a lot of adults doing that today. A lot of my clients bite off more than they can chew which puts you in a cycle of debt. So my recommendation is if you're going to get credit cards, make sure that you pay, pay them off every month because I was only paying the minimum payment. And when you only pay the minimum payment, you're paying 10, 15, <laughs> takes 10, 15, 20 years to pay off that debt. I was paying Five years later, I was still paying for clothes that I had charged that I was no longer wearing. And I'm thinking, this doesn't make any sense. I don't even wear this anymore, but I'm still paying. I'm still paying a bill for something I don't even wear anymore. So I had to change my mindset and really dig deep and make sure that I could pull myself up out of that hole. Amen. And Go ahead. And you have to pay yourself first. Oftentimes we pay everybody else and we pay ourselves last. One thing I preach is pay yourself first. It is so key and so critical. Amen. I love that you brought out the credit card situation. That is one of the reasons why I pivoted to talk to young people back then. Uh, and I'm talking about young as 10 years old. There are people who have gotten uh, credit cards, applications in the mail for people who are deceased, for their pets and things like that. So it's still as, uh, I wouldn't say maybe as predatory as it might have been 30 years ago, but it still exists. So I'm glad that you brought that out and um, definitely nothing wrong with having credit cards, but making sure that we understand APR is something that, you know, we can afford. And if you're transferring any kind of balance that, you know, even though it says zero right now, what are you going to be paying later? And that's why American Express sometimes is the best way to go or just paying things off. So thank you. I appreciate you bringing that out. And we'll get um, our other panelists that's on the way at 1.30 to talk about their experience with that as well and others that are on the stage. So Tracy, can you tell us what is the best words of wisdom that you would give the Breakfast of Champions Millionaire Club to help someone that may be struggling financially right now to simply begin to thrive? Uh, one thing uh, that I would say, um, as I mentioned, um, is to pay yourself first. That is one of the best ways that you can build wealth. Pay yourself first. You know, we pay our credit card companies. We pay the mortgage company. We pay, you know, our, our car loans. You know, we're paying everybody else and we're paying us ourselves last. So we have to budget paying ourselves. We have to budget that into our budget. Instead of spending all of your money, Warren Buffett has a saying. He has a saying that goes, most people save what's left after spending instead of spending what's left after saving. 
So we have to make sure that we pay ourselves first. We're going to so work. Yes, yes. We're going to work on average over our lifetime. We're going to work about 90,000 hours. And I like to ask this question. How many hours do you plan to work for yourself this year instead of the credit card companies, instead of the mortgage companies, instead of the cable companies, instead of everybody else? How many hours are you going to work for yourself? Because if you make, let's say, $25 an hour, you should be saving $25 a day. Most people only work 22 minutes a day for themselves, which is, which is not nearly enough. So whatever you make per day, I'm sorry, whatever you make per hour, that's what you should consider saving per day. If you make $10 an hour, save $10 a day. That's something that we have to learn to do. We have to pay ourselves first. Thank another you. thing, real quick, uh, Dr. Rowe, another thing, if you want to increase your cash flow, something to consider if you're working a W-2 job, instead of waiting to get a tax refund, my recommendation is to get your money up front. Have your W-4 adjusted at work and you can, you can potentially see an extra 100, 200, 300, or even more dollars back into your paycheck. So instead of letting that money sit in the IRS's bank account for an entire year, why not have your W-4 adjusted at work and let that money go back into your paycheck that you can use now instead of waiting until tax, uh, tax time to get that money back. So that's a, a tip that you can use to increase your cash flow. Thank you for those words of wisdom, uh, Tracy. I know that you have helped many women establish the wealth that they have now. And when we say wealth, that can range from millions. For some people, it may just be a few hundred thousand because they live within their means and they're just trying to um, help and amplify others and not have all these things and material things that perhaps they don't need. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. You kind of touched on the next thing that I was going to ask, but I, I just want to know personally, because I always like to uh, decipher this from people that are in the financial arena of any kind. Do you personally believe in applying for credit cards? And this is not, I'm not talking about teenagers, just adults here. And why or why not? I do believe in applying for credit cards if you're going to use them responsibly because it's a great way to help you build credit. It's a great way to help you build your credit. I always advise my client to make, clients to make sure they pay off that balance every single month. Otherwise, you're paying a lot of unnecessary interest. So credit cards can be a good vehicle, a good tool to use if used responsibly. That's the key word. You have to use them responsibly. I love that. Can, Go ahead, Tracy. Yes, because, I mean, you can use them, you know, for business purposes as well as for your own personal use. So, you know, a lot of people leverage credit cards for business. If you're going to use them responsibly, yes, I, I do recommend um, 
applying for credit cards. But you got to pay them off every month, pay off that balance every month so you're not paying a lot of unnecessary money and interest. Absolutely. I concur with everything you said. And a couple of the tips that I'm going to bring out now, and I'm going to say the last two at the end that tie into what you're saying. It, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having credit cards. I kind of subscribe to what Dave Ramsey says, though. I believe that, you know, just having that debt free living just brings peace. And so if you are able to, you know, if you have a credit card, just save it for later, unless you're getting like airline points or you're using American Express. And like you said, you know, even if you're renting a car, some people may need that credit card, but like having excessive debt makes absolutely no sense. But my first tip as junction with what you said is having a plan, a financial plan of some kind. I personally am not a financial um, planner. I'm not in that arena anymore. I just teach it as a professor, you know, now in hiatus. But having a financial plan or uh, tapping into someone who is certified to help you with your finances to map out how am I going to retire? What is my priority on what I'm spending? And give you a literal plan from however old you are now until the day you leave this earth will help to set up a great financial means to make sure you're on a healthy path. So someone like Tracy, someone like Mr. David Spisak, who's on the stage, or Kimberly, or someone who specializes in helping people with finance, you want to make sure that you go to someone who, who knows exactly what they're talking about and they're certified to do it. Uh, go ahead, Tracy. I see you're on. Absolutely. Yeah, Dr. Rowe. You know, one thing that restricts quality of life is debt. You know, and it's, it's difficult to be happy, um, you know, when you have that weight on your shoulders. It's a strain on relationships. It's one of the leading causes of divorce. Financial stress, and this is, this is staggering, financial stress is one of the leading causes of spousal abuse, child abuse, and suicide. And a lot of it is because of debt. A lot of people are struggling with debt, and it's a huge burden in their life. And it's something that we have to get a handle on. We have to learn to, we, we've got to get a handle on debt. It's just, it just restricts quality of life. Absolutely. Hence again, the eye disease, getting rid of it. I want this and I want that. I, my dad would always say, you know, do you need it now? Or can you get this later when you've already saved that money to, to pay for it? So um, there are people with even millions, and I know a lot of millionaires that um, have money, but you never know it because they're driving the same cars they had like, you know, 20 years ago, their house is modest. And that doesn't mean anything if you have a, a really nice home, but there's just people that don't care about those kinds of things and they give their money philanthropically and are doing other things. So we do want to think about our physical health as it relates to financial wellness. Um, Mr. David Spizak, I see you unmiking. Do you have something to add? Well, this is such a powerful and important conversation that honestly, if, if we had this conversation every single day, it honestly wouldn't be enough. Um, and the reason why 
and what what you've shared and what what Tracy has shared is so critically important. This is real. Uh, it's as real and it's as impactful as anybody who's afflicted with a um, you know gambling addiction or drinking addiction, drug addiction. There's addiction to credit. There's addiction to debt. Um, and we, it's important, I understand, to separate. You know, there are many here that while we see news on TV that, you know, we've got another unicorn company, we've got a new billionaire minted, it seems like, every day in this country. Um, we see the stock market at an all-time high at 35,000. You know, there's 10.8 million available jobs. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Um, and many of which, by the way, are not being taken for the last several months because Many people are sitting at home collecting additional $300. And, um, but the big thing is, regardless of what somebody's making, there are folks that are being severely undercompensated, um, that they're not being paid a living wage. And, you know, our cost of living has gone up massively uh, in the last three decades. And the minimum wage really hasn't moved uh, that much. It hasn't kept pace. Meanwhile, CEO incomes have gone up um, just through the roof. And so we, we, we are a country that is struggling with a greater and greater disparity in terms of incomes, income inequality. Inequality has become a bigger and bigger issue and something does has, has to happen. But with all that being said and all of that being true, <clears throat> you know, I have a mom and I have a mother-in-law. And both of them, in the last five years, uh, achieved the status of being millionaires. They never spent any money. Uh, they never once lived beyond their means. They said no to things every single day. Um, they were willing to put off, uh, you know, the short-term kind of satisfaction that so many of us fall prey to, um, you know, short-term gratification. Um, and they just had the discipline and the consistency. And by applying it, you know, my mom never made more than thirty-five grand a year. I, I don't think my mother-in-law made a heck of a lot more than that. Uh, and my mom raised five kids by herself without any alimony payments ever being made. And and she's got a credit score that is the highest credit score that my dealership friend has ever seen in the history of the Mercedes-Benz store. I sent her there to buy a 10-year-old, yep, that's right, a 10-year-old Toyota RAV4, um, which is what she went to buy. And so, you know, the, the importance of living within one's means, which, let's be honest, uh, folks that are not achieving a living wage are much higher taxed in terms of not paying taxes, but in terms of they're taxed in terms of being able to achieve some kind of a balance in their life. But for most people, and there are studies that show that once you hit, depending on the study you, you believe, somewhere between 50,000 and 80,000 is the level where you could achieve happiness and live in 
peace and harmony and be fine. Anything above that, the vast majority of that money, honestly, gets contributed to some type of an organization that is marketing to you. And what, what, what Tracy shares is so phenomenally important. And to stay out of debt, and I would love to hear your take, Tracy, or yours, Dr. Rowe. One of the biggest challenges is the four to 5,000 times today and every day that we will be tempted by marketing messages that have been put together by very bright people who have sat around very big rooms and had long conversations about what would be the most effective way to separate us from our money. And that's a very difficult thing to navigate in today's day and age because we have never ever seen the level of marketing messages, the deluge like we see today. So I just wanted to offer those things up. Tracy, do you want to comment first? Well, you know, David, uh, you are so right. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to separate us from our money and it just takes discipline. It just takes discipline. You, you just got to know that, you know, if I'm going to spend this money today, how is this going to affect me in the future? Because the number one fear that most people have right now is running out of money in retirement. They fear that more than they fear death, running out of money. So that's what we have to think about. If you're spending money unnecessarily today how is that going to affect you in the future how is that going to affect you later in life when baby boomers today are more afraid of running out of money than dying we're living longer my grandmother died at the age of 95 she retired at 65 she lived 30 years in retirement Fortunately for her, she had enough money to live an additional 30 years. A lot of people don't have that because they did not plan. So we have to learn to say no so that we can say yes later. This is yes. Tracy. I'm complete. Yes, Tracy. I agree. And that is a philosophy that Dave Ramsey says as well. And I have that in my book from 2010. Um, I, I don't want people to think that okay, you can't spend any money. So I just say it's a balanced look, but you do need to pay attention to your finances and what you are spending so you know what's there. And some people may have a unlimited cash flow. That's wonderful. If you do, you know, definitely hand it over to the um, Dr. Rowe Foundation <laughs> and Tracy Foundation. But no, seriously, it's important to to pay attention to where our finances, what, what our finances are doing. But I think there's also a fine balance of enjoying some things, but just doing it where you have that financial plan and you know where your money's going and, and what it's going to. And that's I there's a balance between that, just in my opinion. Go ahead. Absolutely, Dr. Rowe. And, you know, uh, we can't go broke trying to look like we're not broke. <laughs> You know, and that happens a lot. You know, we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're we're going broke trying to look like we're not broke. Yeah, we cannot do that. Yes, you know? that's, that's the name of my book. Don't live like caviar and hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're trying to impress people who don't even care, and meanwhile, we're suffering. Yes, 
Yes, that's um, I in my book I call it Jack. I said we we are trying to do this. You're trying to impress people who you don't know from Jack Adam, and I was guilty of that. I don't. I have no idea why. It's like that syndrome of trying to be somebody that you're not for people that don't even know you. I see a lot of people unmiking, and I'm going to call them in order because I I see that they have content that they want to add. Mr. Spizak, I saw you unmike. Then Kimberly. Then Ramon. And then um, Tony. Go ahead, Mr. David. Oh no, I I was just I was just acknowledging, applauding. Oh, um, yeah. so you agree? You agree with what I said? <laughs> yeah, of course. Why? Hey, any? Come on, what kind of human wouldn't agree with what you said? <laughs> Well, some people are like, shoot, spend every dollar you have because the world is ending. And honestly, I remember someone doing that in my former religion and they lost their house and all kinds of things back when I was like a, a 10, you know, so that was in 1980. It's like, who does that? But you know, Well, you know what, listen, I'm going to, you know, we do our best to, uh, we, you know, we, we load up our 401k, we contribute to our kids' childhood education you know, each month on a 529C because that's one of the few tax havens you have anymore and you and you put money away, you invest money. We try to do all those things. We try to put money away in case we get hit with a tragedy because you don't know. This is the game of life and we know if you play the game of life when you're a kid, you pick up one of those cards. Everything could change literally in a blink of an eye so we do that. But, but I, I'm not going to lie to you. I might be a little bit irritated if I make it to the age of 100 because... Man, that means I gotta save money for another forty years. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I can be that disciplined for another forty years. I guess. Just so, invest and let that money grow, so you'll have your side, side accounts that you can just spend whatever you want. And have that's exactly it. You're exactly right. You gotta you gotta get to a point in life somehow, some way, where your money is working as hard as you do. You're 100% right. So yes, of course, I agree with you. Wonderful. Thank you for that insight and input. Uh, go ahead, Miss Kimberly. And I saw Christopher on mic earlier, too. I didn't want to ignore him. And Tom, I see you flashing as well. So we have Kimberly Ramon. I want to make sure I, I write this down. Kimberly Ramon. And then we had um, Tony, if he's still there. And I saw Christopher on mic earlier. And then we will go back to um, Tom. So go ahead, Kimberly. Hello, Dr. Rowe, Tracy, and everyone. Um, well, I, I am appreciating and enjoying this conversation. Um, uh, many of you know that I started my first company at 21. What less people know is that I made a pivot because that was a solar company. And it uh, is how I became an I don't know if I'd call it an accidental, but an unplanned entrepreneur. And that decision changed my life. And uh, by 23, um, I had my first multi-million dollar company and was making more money in one month than my father made in one year. And while we hear stories like that today, I can tell you that when I was 21, we didn't hear stories like that. And um, it was a phenomenon for me and for all of us. And I suddenly had money. And money doesn't come with instructions, whether you have a little or a lot. 
and um, I did uh, all kinds of things that a young person or just a person often does. I already had uh, a nice car and I went and bought a Porsche. I, I bought my father his first new car for Christmas. And I have to say that was a beautiful moment, frankly. I saw that money can do good things for the people you love. And it was an honor for me to be able to take care of my dad um, and then throughout his life. And all of that was great, but I have to say, I didn't know anything about the principle of having your money work for you. I definitely was not given good counsel about how to protect myself or my money or have any of the plans for the other side of that equation. And then I experienced the other side of that equation where our industry crashed suddenly and hundreds of us lost our companies. And suddenly I had creditors and all kinds of trouble. And I'm still young. I don't know about making it or losing it or keeping it or defending yourself. And so the fall for me was uh, uh, traumatic. And I went below zero. I lost my good credit. I went from how I didn't have any credit to I'd lost everything as, uh, as phenomenally as I had made it simply because I just kept paying and paying to try and stop the bleeding because I didn't even understand about how you do to, to protect the difference between personal and business. It took me a lot longer and harder and I had fear to build my second company. Uh, it took more years. I, I did build a second and a third company of multi-million dollars, but I got into the financial services industry. So I both made my money differently, but I learned about money, period. And I learned both about creating a structure and a plan to um, uh, prepare for tomorrow, not just make money for tomorrow, but um, create a house that could stand, that could hold me, and uh, begin to learn about assets and making things work for you. I'm still learning a next generation, and some of that from the people who are influencing me on Clubhouse because they're, they're actually different than some financial planning I was taught about good debt uh, and leveraging credit, etc. But I just want to say that, you know, as someone who has experienced the gamut of starting from nothing, having abundance, losing and rebuilding, learning the value of, of credit, of planning, and of money as, as a tool and an instrument of good and of well-being, that I hope we are taking notes on these conversations. Money is an incredible energy. It can take you up and down. It can change your life and your family, but we absolutely need to handle it with prudence and with care. And as we're saying, the good news is we're living longer. The challenge is we're living longer. So everything we thought we knew about money, we need to know even more. We need to be really prudent. And But I'm excited to say all of that is doable. All of that is within our reach, both to generate wealth and well-being, to preserve it, and to pass it on to future generations. So I so appreciate this conversation. This is Kimberly King. I'm done speaking. Thank you so much. I love that, Kimberly. Love it. Yes, thank you so much, Kimberly. And thanks for your transparency and honesty. You know, we all have made those mistakes, as I started out uh, saying, 
and we love to hear you know the fact that you've you've made that mistake you've championed those things and you're now helping others to thrive um before i go to ramon and then um i just want to uh, introduce a couple of people to you too and I want to get to Christopher because I don't know how long you're going to be here Christopher I saw you on mic before and I know you were a guest when I first came on so do you have anything to add and then I'll get into what I was going to say well I, I appreciate that I'm loving listening um, you know some of the comments I've heard so far uh, especially with your first guests you know the the improper management of money and credit is pretty much what's responsible for, you know, marriage, divorce, depression. I mean, just all the things, right? Um, for me, I, I have one basic principle, and the basic principle I try to live by is zero personal debt and 100% asset debt. And so, I mean, I, the numbers are not important, but you know, my, my, one of my companies, I, I, I'm still very heavily involved in real estate. And we, we just took on a, a $10 million debt that has a five-figure monthly uh, payment. But will bring us a $70 million return to the group that took on the debt. So it, 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 when, it, when we started talking about the, the college debt, I was there too. It's all about taking on debt that will actually assist you in providing for your life. So if the debt's at 1% and you can get 3% on the use of those funds, good debt. If it's just something I can do without, bad debt. So I'm, I'm just loving the conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you for that invaluable tip as well. We appreciate you. And uh, I want to share my second tip, and then I'm going to introduce you to a couple of my uh, very kind guests who have come on to help me with this fill-in segment as well. Um, the second thing I'd like to say, because we talked about, we heard everything Tracy said, which was amazing, and Mr. David Spizak, and then I talked about having a financial plan. So the second um, tip that I have is assess recurring payments. So some of you may be able to relate to this, like you might have that cable bill or the telephone bill, even riding to the coffee shop sometimes. There's nothing wrong with having those luxuries, but sometimes they will add on fees that you're not even aware of or you're on this um, trial run and then you don't pay attention to the bill and then after three months you're paying double of what you're paying. So just make sure you're paying attention to that. Even if you're rich, it doesn't matter. You don't want to be having these charges, you know, that should not be there. So just assess those recurring payments. Make sure that they are in line with a healthy path of finances. So some of you um, have made these mistakes that you've heard all of us share right now in your lives. And you're probably wondering, how do I get out of the mess that I'm in? You know, how did I get there? What can I do to fix it? So before we get to the last two um, tips, as well as speaking to Ramon and Tom and Tony, I'd like to introduce you to the amazing Credit Ninja. Credit Ninja has a special way 
of being able to go into your finances and your credit report and helping you get back on track if you have made a mistake. Because some people are like, well, I'm shot. You know, maybe I have a 500 credit score. You know, there's hope. And I just wanted her to talk a few minutes about um, what she does and how you can get help to um, get on a healthy path if you're not on one. Go ahead. And thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Rowe. Thank you for having me and being in this Breakfast of Champions room and Glenn and Sarah and David and Nate. And I can name on and on, but I see a lot of uh, familiar faces on here. And, you know, it starts with, uh, guys, it starts with awareness. You know, what you put in is what you put out. So if you bought those items, if you purchase those things, in your mind, the minute that you decide to purchase anything, whether it's uh, on your credit card or on your debit card, whatever, you just have to treat it as cash. And, and, and everyone on here that is a financial background is going to understand that even though I'm a credit expert, I help people get out of a jam. I think it's really important like to like start off like the, the mindset of like knowing that, you know, uh, to know how to manage money and have money work for you instead of you working for money. So if you can understand that concept and know that every piece of debt that you put on that credit card, you have to already have that money ready to go to pay or have a game plan that I'm going to pay this off in one or two months. And this is a game plan that is in place. Otherwise, that item should not be at the register being purchased. So I think if you start with that, I think it's more proactive instead of reactive. For those people, say they lost their job or they went through a divorce or, you know, they um, they just, just the, the debt got out of their way for them and it's getting ready to go to collection. Now it's damage control. You have to find out that now that I'm in this state, if I can't afford to pay for this, there's no way to negotiate with the credit uh, collection companies, right? So in your mind, you have to come up with a game plan. So I think the best thing is to write out your current situation. If your finances are great, how can I make it better? If it's horrible because I have all this debt and all this collection, I have to find out how am I going to damage control this? So you write it all down. These are all my debts. And where are they at right now? Are they in collections? Or are they on the way to collection, in route to collection? You have to know that because when you're blindsided and you don't understand where you're at, it's when you make the mistakes. And sometimes when they do go to collections already, you need, you need to understand that when a, when a bank sells it off or when a medical collection go, goes into a collections uh, point of view, when you pay for those collections, most likely it's not going to help your credit. In fact, it's going to get worse because now you're admitting to the debt. So best to contact someone like me or a company like myself. You don't have to come to me. There's plenty out there. You have to find out if you're even going to have to pay that debt because if you don't have to pay that debt, you can use that money to rebuild your finances because when you pay that collection, they sold it to a third-party collection. Say, for example, Capital One. You had a $5,000 amount that you couldn't pay because you lost your job or you got injured or you got a divorce, and they sold it to a third-party collection company, ABC Collections, and those collection companies are coming after you. Well, guess what? They don't have account level documentation. They don't have your signature to actually go after you. So most times, I'm just saying most times, like 80% of the time, you might not even have to pay for that. And you might preserve that money so that you can start just rebuilding your credit. Because if you pay that debt to the collection company, they may sell it off to two more collection company, and it's this vicious cycle that goes through. So if you understand what type of, you know, debt that is and where it's going then you know what to do with it 
So that I wanted to um, at least talk about that because that's the most common problem in any credit or debit situation. Um, it happens, and then you're probably wondering why. Why do you say that? What well, happened to me in 2008? In 2008, um, when the financial crash happened, I had $165,000. In credit card debt that all went to collections that I couldn't pay. I lost my position at my company. I lost my home. I lost. I had to give back all my cars. So if there's no way for me to pay those items, guess what happened? You're gonna have to let it go, because I, there's no way to pay. So I let it all go to collections, and then I started disputing all of them on the credit bureau. Did you know? I'm gonna repeat this three times. I did not pay a penny of that hundred sixty-five thousand. Let me repeat. I did not pay a penny of that 165,000. And my score went from 300 to 850 right now. I have a perfect 850, anyone can check. So there is, there are laws out there, it's the Fair Credit Reporting Act that allows you to make the bureaus validate those debts because once they go to collections, it's fair game because those companies wrote off that as a bad debt already, most of them. There's certain certain exceptions. For example, American Express um, is very tough because they have their um, internal credit uh, legal departments that might go after you or discover and so and a few others. But if you preserve your capital and you pay the ones that you have to pay for because it it went into a legal status, then the rest of them you can probably dodge because you you have rights and they wrote it off as a bad debt. So that's one of the most, if you can leave this room today understanding that fair credit reporting law, then you'll understand that you can preserve a lot of your capital if you wanna do a reset, you wanna start over. And the beauty of being in the US guys, in the United States, you are the most luckiest person to live in the US because you can rebuild so many times with your credit. But we don't, I'm not saying that so that you can screw up, but if you do screw up, there's a chance for you to start over like I did. I have a perfect 850 score. I have zero Call me, I'm sorry guys. Um, you know, you, you have so many banks that you could build relationships with. If you did screw up a relationship with that bank, do not apply again with that bank because they have an internal file that allows you to not apply. So you can't apply with them until maybe a few years later, you might try it afterward. But think about it. If you screw up relationship with one bank, go for another bank as you're rebuilding yourself and then go to another bank. There's thousands of banks in the US. That's why it's so critically important for you to build these relationships back with the new banks. And from there, understand that if you have thousands of banks out there, look at how many relationships you can have. And then I haven't even tapped upon business credit. I think Christopher mentioned that there's certain debt that's good and certain debt that's bad. Well, holding all personal debt is, is not so good because it's going to drag your score down. Now imagine creating an LLC and doing a another business or a side hustle and you start getting lines of credit over there. So guess what happens? You end up um, you end up getting lines of credit in your business and that does not that does not report on your personal. So you always maintain a decent score. So if you need to buy a house or a car, they still run your personal credit. You can preserve that and keep it high as possible. Over 750 is ideal. So if you're lingering around 690 to like 710, you're right at the cusp of it. You wanna be able to get towards the 720, 730 because that's where you're gonna get the most um, advantage from credit 
uh, you know, interest rates and so forth. Okay, so I wanted to add that. I hope this information is helpful. And if you need more information, definitely follow my Instagram stories. On the highlights, there are tips on there. Those are free tips for everyone. And also results so that you can learn more. If you go into my bio in my Instagram, you can watch my interviews and I do uh, show tips and tricks and stuff like that. So uh, I'm not pitching anything. This is just for me to tell you that this is all free information. You can also search me on YouTube and watch YouTube videos and learn more about credit because, you know, cash is great, but, you know, it's limited. When you have good credit, it's unlimited amount of access to capital so that you can grow your personal uh, finances and also your business. Because as Chris has mentioned, when you're able to get cheap money for like 1%, 2%, 3%, and you're making 12% somewhere else, the net is what you gain. So you have to be smart about it. And the last statement I want to make is that make money work for you. Don't ever work for money. Hourly pay sucks. But when you have a skill set and you can charge a tremendous amount of money on your expertise, that's when the, it gets fun, guys. You know, because I could sit down with somebody for literally 15 minutes and charge them $8,000 just because I get them out of trouble. You always find, try to find something that if you can solve a big problem for someone or you can uh, get them out of a situation they're in, they're willing to pay whatever price to do that. And then the last thing I want to mention is scared money doesn't make money. So if you're scared about make, pulling the trigger on something because you don't have confidence in yourself, you need to start working on that confidence and courage and getting a game plan that's solid and get some people that would that has experience in that field so that you can pull the trigger. I'm done speaking, guys. I got to eat my lunch now. Thank you. Go so Credit Ninja. Yes, thank you so much, Credit Ninja, for taking time out of your busy schedule to help us have that counterpart for those who have made those mistakes and still are trying to dig out of them and giving us lasting solutions to do so. I truly appreciate you and um, I honor you for doing that. So thank you so much. So and then Dr. Rowe, I wanna add one thing. Go ahead. On my, on my Instagram, I just added something for IG. It's an IG filter that rains credit card. The reason why I did it was I wanted to um, inspire and give hope to a lot of my super fans on Instagram so that they use those filter to let them feel like they're getting credit again or they're building credit. It, it's inspiring. So I encourage each and every one of you to go to my recent IG post and comment on that, that you heard me in the Breakfast of Champions room with Glenn, Sarah, Scott, and everyone here so that I know and I see you. So that way you're fresh on my mind. Please comment on my last post and use my filter. You can go down to my Instagram. There's a little, little shiny little thing that means filter. Click that, add it into your IG so that you can use it, that I can see you, so that I can give you tips. I'm done speaking. Thank you Credit so much. Ninja, you're the best. Yes, you are. And we I are love you, David. <laughs> Thank you well, so much. Can I comment? You should. And why are you eating lunch so early, man? Yeah. I'm on uh, I'm on Jalissa's time. I get up early now because Jalissa <laughs> wakes up at 4 in the morning. Perfect. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And I want to stay on time to make sure that the next person starts in, on time. So with our nine minutes left, I have some people to um, get to who have so eloquently allowed me to ask them their expertise also in this area, their experience with 
having some kind of um, financial mistake, but getting beyond it. So I'd like for them to have a speed round, even if it's a minute and a half, to tell us how they've done that. And then before I do that, I want to give you my last two tips, because what I was doing is actually an acronym. Anyone who knows me knows I'm the queen of acronyms, so I want you to remember what it was. So the H was for have a financial plan. The A is assess reoccurring payments. The C is cut your expenses. There's no explanation, no more explanation needed. You know that there are things that we simply do not need. So get rid of them or go and find some things around your house that you can get rid of to help somebody else. Have a garage sale. Don't put any prices on it and just get rid of stuff. Take those funds and give it to someone else or put it in your bank account. And then the K is for keep 10% for you always right off the top. Some people might say 20. I say 10 and then give the other 10% away, whether that's tithing, philanthropic. But in that way, when you give, you don't do it so you can get something back. But I promise you, you will be blessed in some area of your life. So it's HACK. That is the acronym. And if you forget that, DM me and I will send you that information. With that being said, I'd like to give the opportunity for Tom to give his um, little tip or comment, and then we will go to uh, Dr. Janie and Scott, who has joined us as well. He is a guru in so many um, areas, um, but especially he knows all about cars, and I know some of us have made mistakes by buying that car we couldn't afford back in the day, so I want him to give that tip as well. So I'll, I'll go to you, Tom. Go ahead. All right, Dr. Rowe, this is so good. Not enough people talk about money and not enough, not enough people talk about money well. And I really value what you're sharing. And I'm going to feed off something that um, Credit Ninja said, scared money, make money. We should all write that down on our board. We should frame what, what Credit Ninja said because the num you either act, there's two ways about money. You either act in greed, and which is tied to selfishness and fear, or you act in love. And it sounds really weird, but because if you are struggling financially or if money's a hot potato, like you make a lot of money, we made millions and millions of dollars, my wife and I, but I'm not saying that to brag because we're dumb. Or I'm just gonna put, not my wife, she's smart, but I'm dumb. I wasted and squandered like a hot potato. So we have very little show for it. And we're literally in the point of now, like, cause we know how to make money, but now we're rebuilding money for the first time ever. And we lived and operated in greed and fear. And that is a sign uh, of poverty mindset. And it comes from sometimes programming. Of course we can get it ourselves, but uh, but sometimes it comes from parents and even grandparents and, and generationals. So one of the ways to break that poverty mindset is definitely study the power of the talents, the power of the talent in the Bible. And the, one of the number one things, you know, if you're operating a spirit of greed, and I'm just gonna speak to myself right now, um, because I knew I was greedy because I knew I had a poverty mindset and money would be going through our hands like water is we couldn't give to our church. It's like, yeah, we threw in like 10 bucks here, 20 bucks here, even when we're making seven figures or high six figures, we didn't give. You know, 100 bucks was like, oh my gosh, this is hard. Giving giving like 100 bucks, we think we're so generous when we're making you know so much more. But learning to give is probably one of the number one ways to break the poverty uh, poverty mindset. And uh, the, the last thing I'll say that, and I got this from, of all people, uh, Grant Cardone said something that rocked my world. He said, it's selfish to only think about your goals financially. Now, of course, it's not literally selfish to think about your goals because it's important for you and your family and your vacations and your house and your cars. But what do you mean? What I, what I got out of that is you got to go beyond that. 
like go beyond that and create a legacy plan for not only your family and your generation of your kids and grandkids, but also, man, what can you do with Haiti right now? What can we do with just, you know, helping in the sex labor industry and just sewing even a few hundred bucks can save one woman. So that's just the kind of purpose-driven mindset that's helping my wife and I break that poverty mindset. And for the first time ever, not just get to a place of comfort for our dream home and our kind of our lifestyle, but really going, really going beyond that. So love this conversation. Thank you, Dr. Rowe, for creating it. And it's Tom with my beautiful bride, and I'm complete. Thanks. Thank you, Tom, and your beautiful bride for sharing that. Indeed, tithing is a must, and I concur with you. So happy that you shared that. Dr. Janie, do you have a quick share? Yes, uh, Dr. Rowe, thank you. So my quick 60-second share, there is recently a large organization, and this applies to business, but applies to all areas of our life. A large organization had approached my company looking to have a conversation around sales and acquisition. I did not end up going with that deal, but it taught me two things. It taught me one, I knew a number now that was reasonable that they were looking for in order to really move forward with um, acquiring our company. So that gave me a North Star, a big picture in mind. So all of us have to have, what is a number? What are we working towards? right? Because then we can reverse engineer it. And then the second is to be around people who have either the financial means, freedom, expertise that we are looking for. Because through that conversation with the company, I connected with Sharon Lecter, Exit Rich, had her on my show. And then I have a personal friend whose expertise while he was on Wall Street is acquisitions of companies. So having people be around me that are helpful to the goal that I'm now pursuing for my next five-year goal for my company, and I have a number and I'm reverse engineering and being able to set myself up to exit rich, Sharon Lecter. So that's my tip. We can apply that to our personal lives as Thank you so much, Dr. Janie. So appreciate you and sharing that. And yes, Sharon Lecter is amazing and definitely a financial guru that we can all learn from. Thank you so much. And last but not least, we have the amazing Scott Simons. Can you please share your tip with us? Yes. Hey, Dr. Rowe. And sorry, I was running late. I got caught up on a Zoom and I've got a Zoom, another Zoom starting at uh, two. But, you know, I would just share with people, and I've shared this a bunch of times, be sure that you have a financial plan and you pay yourself first. I think it's extremely important that we make sure that we there, there will be a tomorrow. There's so many people that I run into, not necessarily here, that they don't think about tomorrow. And having a financial plan and saving that money. Um, my wife and I have maxed out our 401ks ever since we were eligible. Was it tough? Yeah, because my first job was $28,000 a year, and I lived on a couch. I literally lived on a couch to save rent. Um, but I did that because I wanted to pay myself first, i.e. save my money, save, and um, I put it in by maxing out that 401k. Um, you know, it's just financial literacy is so important. Um, and then once you save your money and a lot of people go after side hustles and then they become just the side hustle, side hustle, side hustle. You know, my strategy for building wealth has been, I know the auto industry. So um, I've, I've spent my career trying to master running a car dealership. And then what I've done from that is I've bought into other businesses that provide cash flow back 
to me. So I don't let any money sit around and I put those in entities. And now I'm part owner over 20 businesses besides the five car dealerships. But my main thing, my main occupation is the auto industry. And that's what I know. And then I started an S corporation, which I've shared with people that my family owns. All the, all the businesses that I own outside of this is owned by my S corporation. My wife's on payroll. My children are on payroll. We have a home office. We have retreats at our house, which these are all in advance. Uh, accounting practices that I've learned from other people. And then um, we uh, have that entity that all of our cash flow goes back into. And once it gets X amount of dollars in it, we deploy it out. And it's just it's just constantly hustling out there working for us. And that's how we've built you know, wealth is having our money work for us, but mastering our main occupation, our main industry. And that's what I would like to share. But Dr. Rowe, I always love hearing you speak. And I'm sorry I was running late, but it sounds like there was a ton of value already given and i'm glad i was able just to contribute my little bit but thank you so much dr Rowe, for talking about money because money is important and pay yourself first and save it for your future thank you so very much scott and we always value your wisdom and especially around finance and other um, aspects of life that you teach us so we appreciate you i appreciate everyone who shared all the special guests uh, Tracy, we salute you. Thank you for the financial wisdom that you continue to do to help women and all of my wonderful friends who took time out of their busy schedule to help me with this fill-in session. So I end with just reminding you to hack, have a financial plan. The A is for assessing recurrent, reoccurring payments. Three is cut expenses. And four is keep 10% for yourself and 10% to tithe or do philanthropic help for other people. And as I wind down, my reminder to all of you is to please follow the Breakfast with Champions Millionaire Club. If you have not yet, click on that greenhouse and just click follow and become a member and tell all your friends about it. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.